Welcome into episode 63 of the Natural Hattrick Podcast, alongside special guest Jamie Eisner and our Colombian friend Craig Morgan. I'm Luke Lipinski. Craig, what, what, this, what, when you hear 63, what does that mean to you? <laughs> Mike Ribeiro. Okay. So are we calling this the, the Mike like, Ribeiro episode? We have to. Don't we? How, how can we resist? Especially since he was just here. And Especially just since the Coyotes will be paying him just south of $2 million for three more seasons beyond this one. And by the way, I had a chat with Mike Ribeiro in the Predators locker room. Was not there to talk to him. Was there to talk to Pecorine. But he came up to me and asked me what was up with the team and pointed out that the Coyotes will have to pay him for three more years and noted, I'll come back for free if they want. <laughs> well, for good reason, because I don't, has Nashville beaten the Coyotes since he left? <laughs> Coyotes just own the Predators. Maybe they should pay more players on Nashville. Uh, I think we're, <laughs> we've reached our limit of Mike Ribeiro talk for this, this week's yeah, episode, correct? Mike Ribeiro, still a piece of work. Let's start with uh, two quick stories that happened right after our podcast last week, but I think they are worth repeating. Carey Price um, pushed Kyle Palmieri into the ice, and he might still be there in a game against the New Jersey <laughs> Devils. And they repeatedly just pummeled him in to the point where it was Jeff Petrie, the Montreal defenseman, that was just like, stop, and had to slowly drag him away, and Price just followed him. By the way, Price not kicked out of that game. Yeah. Or suspended a game. Yeah. I mean, it was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was entertainment, I suppose, but, yeah, your, your latter point, how come nothing happened to Carey Price? Any, anybody have any thoughts on this star player? Well, what's, what's the actual wording of the rule, intent to injure? They deemed there was no intent to injure there as he rained blows down upon his head with, with a With giant, his waffle, with yes. With a blocker, yes. Yeah, like he took the, the glove with off. With the edge of the waffle. I mean, the, the only way he could have... I don't know how he could have used it any better unless he just decided to start taking side swipes yeah. back and forth, like, <laughs> like slapping it. He's preparing for a duel in the right. 1800s. As yeah, Mark Spector of Sports, and I, used, I put this in my Sunday column, but Mark Spector said exactly what I was thinking. If a player repeatedly punched Carey Price while a teammate held him down, how long do you think the suspension would be? Oh, it would be... It would at least be in the Dennis Weidman range, right? So yeah, we're going yeah, at least double 10 digits. Games. That was insane. I, I didn't see it as Montreal's defenseman holding him down. I saw it as them trying to pull him away because but it was so bad. Yes, you're right. I'm not sure he was exactly holding him down, but here's what I'll say. The defenseman was definitely guarding the crease so that nobody could get to him to defend him. <laughs> that is fair. I'll give you that. That's crazy. It was a public beating, and right. he got two minutes for it. Is that right? Then he didn't even have to serve because he's the goalie. Why don't you defend your, your brethren, Craig? You were a goalie growing up. In some ways, I feel like we could blame this on you. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. You know, you, you get run a lot. You, you take a lot of abuse as a goaltender, and that, that's, that should be just part of the game. But I, I think Carey Price sort of struck a blow for most goalies in the NHL with what he was doing. Not that I condone it or think it was right. I, I think the punishment probably should have been more severe than nothing but than nothing yes exactly <laughs> just a little bit beyond nothing but when i asked mike smith about it were well, you there in the locker room that no, day i wasn't i was there for a while but i didn't actually hear i smith described the look on his face as a slightly deranged grin because i asked him what he thought about that and all he said is i like it <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic yeah it was it really was in defense of carrie price 
he's been run a couple times. He's missed time because he was run. I feel like I feel like when as he was punching Kyle Palmieri's face into the ice, he saw Chris Kreider's face as he was doing it. It was like <laughs> some sort of image from a movie. And also, if you watch just that play, Palmieri got pushed into him, but apparently he got run worse earlier that game, too. So he had just finally reached his goalie breaking right, point. Right, he gave him a warning shot that the first time. He yeah. sort of took a backhanded swipe at him just to say, hey, stay out of here. Well, Mary came I don't back, think he's going back, came back for more. Yeah, also being pushed into the goalie has never prevented any sort of altercation in the history of hockey. Right, that is very fair. And and let's let's be, if we're being completely honest here, being pushed into the goalie sometimes for a skater is a convenient way to run the goalie. Yeah, that's true. Oh, he hit me. Got to work really hard to get out of the way here. I've never understood why defensemen aren't more, especially if your if your whole team is your goalie, like it is in Montreal. Why you're not a little more careful to make yeah. sure that those... It's not just Montreal. I mean, how many times in a given night of watching hockey do you see players shoved into goalies? And you're right, sometimes they could avoid it, but sometimes I don't know what those defensemen are doing. Yeah, like helping the cause, not helping the cause at all. No. It really was. It felt like... I, Tyson Nashville says this on the air, prison rules. <laughs> That's what it felt like there. I was imagining like a cage going up around the three of them. It just comes right up Carey, out of the crease. Carey Price pulling out a shiv. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't need one. He already had, those blockers are heavy. Just sawing off a piece of his goaltender stick and sharpening it up. And, <laughs> and pointing down the ice. They play again on January 20th, by the way, just in case you were wondering, because I was. Uh, that same night as chaos reigns supreme, Connor McDavid, Brandon Manning. Uh, I, for one, liked McDavid. You know, he's, He seems like one of those players that when he gets angry, he's going to play even better. He got the goal. He he hunted down Brandon Manning with a big smile on his face that was kind of a deranged grin, and uh, said some things that we can't really repeat on this podcast. I guess we technically could Maybe on the ice stuff. Yes, <laughs> yes. But then afterwards, basically said that Manning insinuated to him that that he injured him last year on purpose when the Oilers playing the Flyers. What do you, what do you guys think of that? I, when I first saw that hit, as much as I don't like the Flyers, and I think it's somewhat ironic that. All of the great players in the NHL seem to not like the Flyers, and maybe that should say something about the Flyers. I didn't think that hit was intentional last year. No, I would imagine. Obviously, we don't know for sure what was said on the ice, but I imagine it was more in the back and forth, something like, "Well, don't don't make me hurt you again, like I did last year." Sure, he took advantage of what happened yeah, last year. more than like, yeah, "Oh yeah, yeah. I, I tried to hurt you last year." I think it's more of the that I think where the insinuation comes in. Kind of like our pre-show prep before every episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jamie just looks over and says, "Don't make me hurt you like I did last year." <laughs> now I know why. Uh, I mean, it, is that like emotionally or uh, well, verbally for sure? Every time we do the show. <laughs> Um, there is a dog running outside of our studio. Yeah. 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 There's a dog running. It's on a leash, at least, but no one's holding it. So. <laughs> it kind of feeds the purpose and a little bit. This is a deep philosophical question. If a dog's running around on a leash that nobody's holding, does he really need the leash? Is he abiding by the law? Dogs must yeah. be on a leash. That's yeah. all it says. Don't it's say true. Somebody has to be holding it. It's true. Another dog could be holding the leash. <laughs> it was a different side of McDavid, but I haven't really seen the agitated Connor McDavid before. Yeah. And He's going to get the benefit of the doubt on this one, too, because when he voices his concern over that, the league's going to take notice. Mm-hmm. So Brandon Manning better, had better yeah, he after to, this I one. Mean, they only play he's twice labeled a year. now. Yeah. Especially since he's Brandon Manning. Exactly. <laughs> it's, the, the just, it's, it's, it's the sports world. Superstar player complains about, uh, you know, just a run-of-the-mill workman-type player in any sport. Who's going to get the preference? The fourth Manning brother. With uh, Peyton, Eli Cooper, and now Brandon Manning, apparently. That was Danny. Sorry. Uh, yeah, he's the fifth, apparently. Uh, the, the situation with McDavid now, 
we're a year and a half into his career, basically. I'm already hearing people call him Connor McDiver. Uh, and, oh, and are we? Is this just the way it's going to be? Every superstar talent, oh, unless yeah, you're a fan yeah. of their team. Sure. How, Remember the how things I said about Crosby? Crosby take? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, is that Cindy? Is that uh, yes, yeah. yes? Yeah. Is that the path that McDavid's going to end up going down? I, I yeah. I've watched a lot of Oilers hockey for only because he's there. It's not like I don't like myself or something, and I'm forcing myself to do it. I don't think he dives. And I don't. I'm not an Oilers fan. People, it's it's funny because you want people want to see generational talents, but also people love to try to cut them down. Yeah. Speaking of the the criticism of Sidney Crosby, this is a bit of a tangent, but can we get away from that sort of criticism? Like, can we move forward as a society and not criticize someone by calling them a girl or a woman? Um, Are we past that? Yeah. No, clearly, we're not. Clearly Patrick not. Maroon is not past that. We should yeah. be past that, but we're not. Yeah. The, the people that just hate good players because they're on other teams will never get past that. But that's, I mean, to me, it's it's worth. It's it's not an insult. It's something else. It's, yeah, it makes it's sexism. It's, it's yeah, it's not funny or creative no, no, or, no. Fil- or you know, uh, cerebral at all. It's, it's none of those. Grow up and evolve while you're at it. Yeah, but it's not evolved. Happen. No, I mean, do you really think it's going to happen? No, the, the, no, the you people know. that you've seen <laughs> say it. Do you really think that's going to evolve anytime soon? This felt like a PSA, guys. Should we, uh, quickly, too, the, the rest of the show, we're going to be joined by Radim Verbata of the Arizona Coyotes. He's going to stop by and talk a little hockey. And we're going to hear from Sebastian Noren. Things are going to get a little Swedish in here uh, towards the end of the show. That's all I know. I don't know what he's prepared for us. I would assume some sort of Swedish folk song about hockey. I'm but hoping he sings. That would be great. I can't promise it, though. You mentioned Sidney Crosby, Craig, before we get to uh, Verbata here. You were the one that brought this up a couple weeks ago. Can he keep up a goal-per-game pace? Uh, he's got 21 in 23 games right now. I've I've watched the majority of Crosby's games throughout his career, especially once he got hurt against the Capitals, and I realized I probably should watch him while I can just in case he doesn't keep playing. I've never seen him play this good. Two of the most recent goals that he scored, the one he batted out of the air mm-hmm. against the Coyotes. Sorry, the Coyotes. And the one where he swipes Brian Boyle's stick out of the way while he's parked in the slot waiting to receive Phil Kessel's pass. So much goes into that goal in, what, a quarter of a second? Mm-hmm. Now, Kessel's already committed to making the pass, so Crosby can't move off that spot and go somewhere else because Brian Boyle's on him, otherwise the pass isn't going to connect. So what does he do? While focusing on Kessel, he swipes Boyle's stick out of the way and still times it to receive the pass and one-time it into the upper corner of the net. How many guys can do that? It's absurd. How many guys do do that? Like, you talk about those two goals specifically, and, and the goal against the Coyotes was, was great. Uh, he's not the only player in the NHL that can do it, but it should be noted that every player in the NHL can't do that. I mean, it's it's not just no. that they all can. Uh, it was a great goal, and it came, what, two days after his, his goal against Tampa. He had two goals against Tampa, one from his stomach, but the one you're talking about, that's the one I can't get past because that just shows that he's playing on a different level than he normally plays on. Just to even think to do that, how often do you see it? I don't know that I've ever seen it in an NHL game before. Yeah, I mean, how many players can think as fast as he acted on that play? I'm so you happy have to be in the, the zone. He has to know. Happen. He has to know where the guys are on the ice. He has to know where he is. He has to know where his stick is. He has to know where Boyle's stick is. And then he has to actually make the shot and score. Hey, one time did too. Let's just one time <laughs> exactly. That's the very. Good so the goal. timing was just the timing was letter perfect. But to even just, think to do that shows even, that he's I in the zone right now. I don't even know he thought. Yeah, it's just he has yeah. crazy instincts that um, a handful of guys may have in this league. And I'm so thankful that the color guys. If you, if you listen to the yeah, rebroadcast of that, they, they went back and they saw it on the replay and acknowledged what a ridiculous play it was because I think most fans would have just missed it. Oh, he just took a pass right in the slot and put it in the net. 
How hard is that? <laughs> it's crazy hard what he did. Yeah, the three of us were talking about this on Saturday, actually. It's, it's one of those plays where if you are just a casual sports fan and you're watching, that's your description. Oh, that was a nice one-timer shot, but you're enthralled by the goal on Monday night against the Coyotes. But for anybody that has played hockey or has watched hockey a lot and really understands the nuance of the game, that's just something you don't, you don't see players do, partially because you don't think of it, but also partially because that's... This is a good player whose stick he just takes right out of the way. It's completely legal. You just never see it. Yeah. It's an unbelievable play on so many levels. So many things have to go perfectly right for that to work, and that's an all-scale play. But on that, along the lines of Crosby, can we acknowledge that the Pittsburgh Penguins are actually even better than they were last year during the Cup run? The best player in the world is playing on another level from everybody else in the league, with the possible exception of Connor McDavid right now. And that team is just dominating other teams. It is, it is an absolute frenzy to watch them play other teams. There are so many chances. It's, it's, it's insane. I don't know how you defend a team like that right now. I think they've scored at least five goals in every game but one in December, and the other one they had four. It's, so they're just pouring in the goals right now, and they're getting tons and tons of chances. They're on a six-game winning streak as we record this, and they have 35 goals in those six games. And it, it, it's spread out. I mean, I know that we all saw them here in Arizona put up seven on the Coyotes, and everybody's like, okay, now what do we do? The Coyotes just gave up seven goals. Well, they're doing it to everybody. I mean, to your point, Craig, I said this on the show two weeks ago. They, I haven't seen them play this well in years, and they've played better since then. So... There's always the fear that you're peaking too early. Sure. But if you're asking me if the Pittsburgh Penguins here on December 14th could beat the Penguins that won the Cup in June, it, yeah, they would. They'd they're gonna run beat, right over. They're going to beat everyone right now. They're the best team in the league without question right now. But there's still four months before the yes. playoffs, so, you know, who knows. All right, we're going to take a break from Penguins talk here. I like where this went. And we're going to talk to Radim Verbata of the Arizona Coyotes, get his thoughts on his, uh, his young team. That's, uh, I'll take that Penguins game out of it. They've won two of their last three, and they're scoring some goals. So here's Radim Verbata. All right, as promised, we're joined now by Arizona Coyotes forward Radim Verbata uh, on his off day in the middle of a road trip here now in Toronto. So, Verbi, thanks for the time, first of all, on, on your one off day on this trip, it seems like. Uh, what, what's what, what you up to in Toronto today? Well, as you said, it's, it's, it's one of the few off days we have this, this month, so uh, nothing much. Just, just trying to relax, you know, staying in my room for, for, for now. Uh, later on, we'll go for dinner, but... Uh, taking it easy today. What's the temperature there, Verbi? It was 6 degrees when my parents landed in Chicago yesterday. It's 71 in my room, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been outside yet. <laughs> That's a great answer is what that is. <laughs> hey, i, I got to ask you this, Verbi. We were just talking about how good Pittsburgh looks this year, maybe even better than they looked during that cup run last year. You guys just faced them. We, we won't mention the score, although I should mention they're doing this to just about everybody this month. Yeah. They've scored five goals or more in five of their six games in December and four in the other. What are your thoughts on the Penguins after having faced them in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think them with Columbus, I think they were the best teams that we played so far and probably even better than Columbus. You know, they, they, have, they have so many great players that can – you know, turn that game around just just by themselves. You know, if you talk about Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, you know, Latang, there's so many guys that, that that can do it on their own. And when when you know when they play well together as, as they are now, it's 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 tough to face them. And uh, you're probably right; they look even better than they probably did last year because they they won that cup and they have that confidence now and and. They just know how, how good they are and what they can do, and uh, they're, they're a tough, tough team to play against. 
So we're recording this on Wednesday. That game was Monday. You guys played Detroit in Detroit on Tuesday. It's a 4-1 win. Uh, Verby, how difficult is it when you have a lot of young guys on the roster, some of these guys are rookies, to, to have that quick turnaround after a game like that and respond and come out and get a win? It's probably the best way. You don't you don't have time to think about it. If you would have a day off in, in, in Detroit and, and guys would have, you know, time to think about what happened in Pittsburgh and, and you know, have meetings about it and, you know, see it on the video, then I think that would probably hurt us even more. So uh, it was probably the best thing. Just, you know, wake up next morning, start focusing on, on Detroit and, and play the right, play the next day right away. So uh, I think that, that, was, that was good for us. You know, what are the goals for the team right now? Because despite the slow start, you're only a few points back of a playoff mm-hmm. spot. There's a lot of teams that are not off to hot starts in the West. So you guys are yeah. far from out of it. Well, I think, I think the goal would be put some wins together, you know, to go on a streak, to win win three, four games in a row and, and, and kind of catch up, you know, uh, to, and, and get closer to that eighth spot. And, and uh, as you said, we, we, you are not too far far off, but uh, the ninth winning streak would, would certainly help us. Burby, we, we've heard a lot of talk from John Chaika, from Dave Tibbet, from other people in the organization about how, how they need to see growth with this young Coyotes team over the course of the season. What's your take on the progress of the young players in particular? Oh, there's so many of them. Where do we start? <laughs> uh, no, it's, 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 tough to be, it's tough to be in this league when, when you're young. You know, the first, first year, and I think even that second year, it's even harder than the first year because the first year you come in, nobody knows you. You know, you surprise lots of people. Nobody expects anything. And, you're playing well, everybody's like, wow, you know, where the next year everybody knows you, so they're paying a little more attention to you, the expectations are a lot higher, and, you know, there's, there's, there's that pressure on you to, to do, it's not the same as the first year, but even better, you know, and it gets it gets tougher. So I think that's where a guy like Duke is, you know, this year where he has high expectations for himself and, you know, he wants to do well, and, and, and then he has a slow start, and, and, and it gets harder from there. So, uh, But I think he had a great game last night. You know, deadline scored two goals, so that, that will hopefully help him. But um, overall, it, it, yeah, it, it's not easy to, 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 to be, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old in this league. And, and, and we have so many, so many guys like that, so it's, it's, it's a challenge for them. What's this been like for you? This is your third stint with the Coyotes. You lead the team in points. You're on pace to obliterate the numbers you put up last year in Vancouver. But you are surrounded by a lot of inexperienced guys. I imagine you knew what you were getting into, though, obviously, when you, when you signed back up. Yeah, I knew, I knew the situation, and, and I understand the, the plan you know, they have here. And, and uh, uh, you know, that, That's fine with me. I mean, I'm... I'm I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be with this organization with, with, with you know, familiar faces, uh, you know, like Tip and, and, you know, Brownie and Jim Playfer and all the other people around the team, even though we have so many young guys. But it, it, at this stage of my career, it, it's nice to be that uh, the guy who can maybe help those those, those young guys, you know, and, and give them some advice and, and then tell them from my experience what I went through and, and uh the good thing is that all those young guys or all the guys, they're really good guys, you know, so they want to do well and, and 
uh, they respect the game and, and I, I think they will be great players going forward. Speaking of those young guys, do they take advantage of that? Do they sit under the Verdim Verbata learning tree, especially since you're leading the team at points? <laughs> I like that no. image, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's just, you know, I, I think they want to learn. You know, they're listening what Tip is saying. They're listening what 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 Donor is saying. You know, then then, and that's good. You know, if 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 they have a question for me, I I'm. I'm you know, willing to to answer everything they they, you know they 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 want to know, but I, I'm not the guy who's gonna go talk to them and do this do that. You know, they have to figure it out from themselves. But if if, if they have questions, for sure I will I will answer. Verbi, I asked you this before. I just want to do this again for the show, though. Does does what you've done so far, leading the team with 19 points, leading the team with eight goals, does it feel like vindication, proof that you can still be a highly productive player in this league. I don't know highly productive, but I think I can I can still play and, and contribute. You know, uh, um, uh, as we talked before, everybody was looking at that last season in Vancouver and and they were wondering if if I could still play or not. But uh, as I said before, I, I I know what happened in Vancouver. You know, I, I don't think. You can forget how to play hockey over over two or three months during the summer. Where that first year in Vancouver, I was, I, you know, I would I would score over 30 goals. I would have over 60 points, and suddenly I, I couldn't play, you know, in, in September. So I don't think that that wasn't the case. I think there was lots of things that went into it. That second season in Vancouver. So uh, coming into the season, I, I, I thought I could still play. I, I, I thought I could, if I was put in the right situation, I could still contribute. And I'm glad. Uh, you know, from personal point, how, how that season started for me. You know, Verbi, we're looking around this league. It seems like there's a lot of seven, eight, nine, ten goal games. Last night there was a 14-goal game. You've mm-hmm. been around this league for a few years. Have you noticed uh, a change even over the last couple of years to just, it seems like, more offense? I think teams are now starting to get tired a little bit. I think everybody's schedule has been busy, you know, uh, now. So the first, first, first uh, I don't know, 15, 20 games. I think it was lots of close games where it would, would be like three-two score and and two-one uh, and and now now it seems like maybe teams are getting tired a little bit and, and there's more power plays and and it seems like more goals are going in. But uh, but which is nice to see. Obviously, that that that's what everybody wants: goals and 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 we'll see how it goes. Let's talk a little bit more about that. This uh, obviously the schedule is condensed this year because of the World Cup of Hockey. Mm-hmm. You guys will play your 13th game in 23 days tomorrow and seventh on the road. What kind of toll does that take on your body, your mind, and and how do you manage it? Other than staying in your 71 degree room. Exactly. That, that's how you manage it. There's not much not much else you can do. I mean, that, that, this month is as crazy as it probably gets. You know, you you. If you play every other day, you know you kind of go from game to practice to game to practice. But then we have, you know, back to backs, and and even though on those off days we would, we would travel, so uh, yeah, you just kind of block everything, you know, out, and and you just focus on what you have to do. You know that you have a game, then you have another one tomorrow, then then you know just take it day day by day and try to regain your energy and, and, and just go and, and 
wait for that uh, Christmas break, I guess. <laughs> it's, uh, it's because of the World Cup this year, but in a couple of years it could be because of the Olympics. You know, how big of a deal is that to the actual players? It's guys that have been to the Olympics before, guys that are in this league for 10, 12 years, and they've, they've proven a lot of what they can do. Is it still a big deal for vets to, to want to go back to the Olympics and represent their country? I think uh, for players, I, I, I think that it's nice to go. And it's, it's, uh, from fans' standpoint, I think that, that that's what you want to see, you know, best, best, best players there. I mean, for us, for, for Czech players, we all remember Nagano and how, how big that was for, for the country. And, and I'm sure the Swedes can say the same thing about uh, Torino and, and, you know, other countries as well. So, uh, but I understand what, what the, the league is thinking and, and with, with the games in, in Korea, I don't know if, that's, that, that, if, if they have interest to go there. But uh, I, uh, from the player's standpoint, I, I think you always uh, want to go and represent your country at, at, at uh, that level. Just I wanted to ask Verbi, uh, in terms of the Olympics, would you want to go again if, if you got invited this time? I don't know what your whole you know relationship and situation is there. Would, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can handle that however you want to handle that, but uh, I'm, I'm just curious. I, I think there were there were years where I was younger and better player, where, where I should go. I don't know if uh, if I should go at uh, age 36, but uh, with, with Czech national team, you, you never know what, what they're going to decide to do, so we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Uh, going back to the offense question Luke asked earlier, one of the things that we've noticed, at least from our perspective around the league, of how fast the game is getting and the importance mm-hmm. of these young, speedy players, have you seen the game speed up as your career has gone along? No, for sure. Uh, I would say the most you can see is the last last two or three years where those young guys are coming into the league and you, you see the guys like, uh, uh, I don't know, McDavid, obviously, uh, but... <laughs> Even last night, Detroit some 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 fast forwards where you know <laughs> we would get to the bench after after one shift, and Marty Hansel would look at me and was like, "Oh, wow, that guy was fast." <laughs> you know, <laughs> obviously the the, the the game is changing. You know, the, the, the first big change was was you know after that first lockout or my first lockout. Uh, uh, when there was the, those rules changes, you know, where you couldn't hold up as much, and and there were more calls on, on on hooking and stuff. So that speed up the game. But now with those young guys coming in, uh, it's it's quite fast right now. Yeah, Verbi, you mentioned the the Czech goal back in 1998. I, I don't think I've ever actually asked you this. Who were some of the players you looked up to when you were first breaking into this league? Well, for, for Czech, it was always Jager because. Uh, he was he was you know 18 19 year old when when he won those cups with uh, with Pittsburgh and that's when that's when we got that, that that that's where that revolution was and and we got more coverage as 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 a as a kids to you know to, to NHL and and he won those cups right after that so everybody was all about Pittsburgh and all about Jager but uh, there, there was a lot more players you know like I I me personally I always liked Robert Lang you know and and because he was right-handed shot and, and he played on the national team and and uh, then we had you know guys like Robert Reichel and Bruchinski and all those guys who were in, in Nagano basically so uh, uh, but the main main guy was obviously August. 
All right, Verbi, since we're talking about Czech players, we're about to have a guy on our show named Sebastian Noren who comes on our podcast once in a while and talks about Swedish things. And when he does come on, it makes us ashamed of how badly we pronounce Swedish names. So I got to ask, how badly do we mispronounce Czech names? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not that bad. I mean, You're being kind, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's, there's no way for you guys to, to, to pronounce it right. Like, there's just no way. Can you give us a couple of examples? Like maybe pronounce it the way we butcher the name and then give us the Czech pronunciation. How about this? Maybe, maybe on, on, on Andre Pavelak. Uh huh. So, so that, that's how you guys say it in Czech. It's Andre Pavelak. <laughs> oh wow! That's, that's... Yeah, it's, but I think there is no way for you guys to, to say it right. There's no hope for us at all. Peter, <laughs> Peter, Peter Sikora. How about Peter Sikora? Is that sound just like it sounds, or no? Yeah, okay, yeah, so we're off on that one, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> but but well, we, we understand what's happening, and we have no problem. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I got asked, though, are we mispronouncing your name? Yeah, that, that, it sounds <laughs> a little different, too. <laughs> okay, how should we be saying that? Radim uh, Brbata. That sounds so much cooler yeah. than the way it we does say sound it. It does. Yeah. Also, a lot cooler than the way Sportsnet pronounces that. That's very true. You know, we used to give Don Maloney a lot of flack for the way he pronounced names, and he pronounced yours Radam Verbata. <laughs> huh? yeah. I, I, have, I really have no problem with, with how it sounds. I, whatever, whatever feels fine, how, how, however you want to say it, go ahead. I, I, I don't really mind. Right, as long as we're on the topic of check, what do your summers look like when you're back home? What, what do you do? Do you just mostly stay at home with the kids, take short trips? Are there festivals? What does it look like? Yeah, now, now, now with three kids, yeah, it's, it's pretty much all about them. Uh, only for weekends when they go to to uh, grandparents. But uh, no, it's uh, during a week. Uh, I just try to uh, train, you know, and, and and do my stuff that I have to do get to get ready for a season, and you know, see the family, play, play a little bit of golf, tennis, you know. Just do do all the stuff that you can do during a season, you know, uh, because even though those two three months seems like a long time, that summer goes by fast, you know. When when you want to see all the people that you don't have a chance to see during a season, and and kind of do that the fun stuff that you can do. So uh, um, just trying to you know get that done over the summer. Yeah. Do you mostly hang out in your hometown then, whose name I'm not even going to yeah. try and pronounce now? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, you know. I, I'm sure my wife would like to go on vacations, but during the season we travel so much uh, as a hockey player that I have no intention of traveling during the summer when I can, you know, <laughs> just, just stay at one place. But uh, uh, once I'm done with my career, I think that that's, that's something that I would like to do, you know, travel a little bit uh, a little bit more and, and, I don't know, travel to Spain to see some soccer games or England. You know, or go see some tennis tournaments. So I think we will get our travel uh, done once, once my season, uh, once my career is over. How do you pronounce the name of your hometown? Mladá uh, Boleslav. Um, okay. of, of course. Well, the other part of travel for you, as you mentioned when you came back here, it's, it's still one of my favorite quotes. I put it up on my, my Twitter page and pinned it there for a while, is that you have 
three kids, um, and they all have different passports. The oldest, if I'm right. right, is born in Czech, middle, born in the U.S., youngest in Canada. As you described it, when we go through the airport, it's a gong show. <laughs> Can you remember any of the incidents? What, what did it look like when you came through this time? Well, the biggest was when, when uh, uh, we were going to, to Vancouver uh, for the second season, when we were leaving Czech. And we had we had Oliver, our middle one now. He's, he's American, and the, I guess there's a rule in Czech that uh, if American comes to to Czech, he gets there only I don't know 90 days without visas or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So so we were crossing the customs, and then they were like, he was here longer. He was here over 100 days, and I'm like, yeah. And what, 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 like, what's what's the deal then? Like, you, you're not gonna let him out of the country, or, or like he, he, he's half Czech. Like we we were, we are his Czech parents. We we didn't know about this rule, so that was that caught me by surprise because you know the, you don't even think about stuff like that. But uh, after that, we we are paying attention to this, and obviously once we get back to Czech for good, we they will get the, their Czech passports as well. But uh, yeah, it's. it's it's funny how, how it worked out, three kids with three different passports. <laughs> how old was Oliver at the time? Well, he was, he was, he was a baby. He was, oh, he was one year old, you know. So uh, I was like, okay, we well, can leave him here. Yeah, you're going to care for him, right? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's, that's something you want to do. <laughs> uh, before, my last question for you before we let you go. You mentioned Yager earlier. Do you, do you marvel at the fact that he's still playing well into his mid-40s now, and do you ever see him retiring, or is he just going to play forever? <laughs> Uh, I don't know about the NHL if he wants to come back next season, but I, I'm sure that uh, even if if he leaves the NHL, I I think he will he will still play in Czech. You know, he he owns a team there, so I'm guessing he can play. I don't know, at least three years in Czech. You know, the way he he's still playing, so uh, I don't think he would he would uh, he would be done after this season. Verby, last one from me. Um, do you think about what comes after the season for you? Uh, not yet. I think I'm treating this season as, as, as if this could be my last one, you know. But uh, there, there's there's nothing set in stone. If if everything goes well and and uh, you know, I, I'm. I'm open to anything, you know, but right now I'm just focusing on this season and, and whatever happens uh, after uh, we'll figure out uh, when the time comes. Well, Verby, great stuff. We appreciate the time on your off day, uh, and good luck tomorrow night in Toronto. Yeah, thanks, guys. That was fun. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Verby. We'll have you back. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Thank you. That's Radim Verbata forward and leading the Arizona Coyotes in points right now. You mean... Radim Verbata. Yeah, no, I can't. I'm not even going to try. I got it. I think I got it. You think you At least I'm closer. His pronunciation was so much There's a continuum, right? Yes. You were closer. It's not Radim Verbata. No, that's true. I'm closer than most. Or Michael Bodker. Oh, yeah. They still call that him. Everybody, like all over Canada, they're calling him Michael Bodker. I mean, they don't call it a lot anymore, but. Yeah. (laughs) Don't mention his name much. Oh, boy. That's me. Well. That was Ooh. fun. And Verbata, you know, he, you, you brought up the question in terms of is there some level of vindication for him this season. I don't know how much on this show we talked about it. I know we talked about it a lot last year, seeing him put up just 13 goals, 14 assists with Vancouver, and the simple fact that they had a, a finisher. I mean, that's his role that they weren't using as a finisher. I don't really know what they were using him as, but uh, the Coyotes, he's been here three times now, so they know how to uh, to get the most out of him, and they're absolutely doing it. You know, he's... 
I know he said that he's not sure how productive he is, but he's on pace for a good 50-plus point season here, and, and they need yeah. it, obviously. Yeah, absolutely, they do. And it, the, th- the thing about, when I, when I ask him about vindication, I, I, I genuinely believe what he's saying when he doesn't really view it that way. He's, he's one of the few guys that I've encountered who doesn't get, you know, a lot of players will say they don't get ruffled by media criticism. I, I really don't think it matters so much to him. Because like he said, I didn't forget how to play hockey in three months. I had 31 goals the year before. If you look at the situation he was in in Vancouver, not only was he not playing with a setup guy, and we know how much that means to Verbata. We, but <laughs> Break down your intermission you know, radio spot but, with Luke. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We never asked him how to pronounce McCulloch's last we name. We did it. Anyway. You're right. Oh, I, I was well, going to jump you know, in. We'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to do we'll, that. We'll have to do it at the next, next Coyotes game. For all I know, we're, we're mispronouncing Marty Hansel's name too, right? No, I think we got that one right. Mm, we'll see. But uh, back to my point, the situation he was in too with the centers he was playing with, it, part of the season, you know, the whole season he was playing with young centers. They lost. They took him off the Sedin's line. And then they got rid of Nick Bonino. So now he's playing with a, a couple of young guys. At one point, he was playing with Jared McCann, who was yeah. winning like 35% of his face-offs. Yeah. And they're giving him defensive zone draws. So you, we, we, we've questioned the coaching ability in Vancouver before, but when you're not even starting with the puck, it's really tough to take advantage of a player of his skill level, it's right? Just, it's about getting the most out of your players. This, to me, is where analytics come into play. And we can talk about Florida in a second and how they may very well have gone too far with theirs. But you do need to be aware of analytics and, and just for no other reason to, than to get the most out of your players. It's not like Radim Verbata right now is skating on the line with Sidney Crosby and Patrick Kane. He's playing with a lot of young players in Arizona, but they know how to use him. And it's the little subtle things where, yeah, put him out there. He's a goal scorer. He's not a stay-at-home defenseman, he's a, and he's been a goal scorer his whole career. He's gone over 30 goals a couple times. You're right, most recently, just the year before last. So why wouldn't you put him out there in the offensive zone or at least with guys that can win face-offs, at least the best face-off guys on your team, which is why he plays with Martin Hansel so much. Yeah, and the other, the underappreciated part of Verbata. i got to keep saying it like that now, Verbata. It's really hard to say it like that, isn't it? doesn't just roll off the tongue. It doesn't. Yeah, I feel like your voice changes when you, yeah. yeah. It does. Yeah, it's, that's, I think that's what he was getting at, is yeah. that you kind of just need to be talking that way all the yeah, time. Yeah, he pretty much just, just told us, yeah, don't even try. Well, yeah. yeah, and I appreciate it. Because you're awful at yeah. it. He didn't say that, but, but it was in the It was implied. Yeah, it was yeah. implied. He's not wrong. <laughs> no, no, he's right on, actually. <laughs> but, the, but the impression I get, going back to what Craig's point, was I think it's because he always felt that, yeah, I was always this player. I was just put in a situation that, was untenable for me. Yeah. That I, because I, I, I think it's because he didn't lose confidence in himself that he didn't take that criticism and think, oh well, maybe there's something wrong. He just knew that it's, it's the equivalent of he was playing on a line right now with let's say Tyler Gaudet and Ryan White. The game that Redeem Rabada plays doesn't fit in that type of a role. No, but play, putting him in there. What do you expect? He's not going to score 30 goals in that type of role. The weirdest thing, too, is it's not like he switched teams heading into last year. He had just put up 31 for Vancouver. So let's the change the script. Yeah. Let's let's change it because that wasn't good. Oh, and by the way, he was named team MVP that year. And, and by the way, they made the playoffs that year, and yeah. last year they were one of the worst teams in the NHL. I mean, that wasn't just because of that, but come on. No, it was, a, it was bad. So, I mean, he's always been a guy who's going to find space in the offensive zone. He's not a great skater, but he's a very good skater. He's a fluid skater. He's always had an incredibly accurate shot. Yeah. So and take advantage of those skills. But yeah. what I was, the other thing I was saying, that you know, he's not a guy who's going to get in and grind and win board battles. That's not his game. But he's a really responsible defensive player, and he makes smart decisions with the puck, bringing it out of the zone. There was a play, I'm trying to remember, I think it was the L.A. game, where he made this just this perfect chip up the boards. You know, there there was a guy that he could have tried to hit 
across the middle of the ice. Yeah. He made the safe play. The smart, simple And it still play. ended up on the stick of Akeides, and it created a chance going the other way. He makes little plays like that. If you watch the game, there's a lot of subtlety to it and a lot of subtlety to his game and the decisions he makes. He's a very good player. Dave Tippett trusts this guy implicitly. And obviously, Verbi likes playing for Tip as well because he knows how to use him. So it's a, a really good marriage here. He's the right sort of guy based on the way you just described him, to have on a young team like the Coyotes when you're trying to teach these guys that could make just ridiculous passes off the wall or up the middle in junior and get away with it, yeah. that you just sometimes need to make the smart, simple play to just get it past your blue line first, worry about what you're going to do in the neutral zone when you get there, and the same thing crossing the other team's blue line. You know, He did the same similar play last night where against Detroit where he right at the end of the first period, he's the one that blocks the shot out at the point. Gets the puck, carries it in, throws it in front of Lawson Krause. Just a, a simplified play, but a defensive play that you wouldn't normally expect from a guy that's generally been a pure goal scorer for the most part of his league. And correct me if I'm wrong, but if the couple home games back, wasn't he the one that fed Tobias Reeder on a back-to-back pass across the crease when he could have mm. taken a shot that probably would have been blocked? Abel gets it across, Reeder didn't get a stick down. Yes, that's an easy goal. He put it in perfect. But that's, the, right. that was that's the right play. Yeah, it was the right play because now the goalie is is completely out of position. All Toby had to do was just tap it, and, and the, it's in the net. And the last home game, Verbata doesn't have a great shot, shoots it off the far pad of the goaltender, Martin Hansel taps it in. I mean, good, th- good that's examples. the fundamental plays. But And also, on the other side, I rarely ever think of when a goal is allowed, I rarely ever look up at the screens above us and say, oh, wow, Verbi missed his guy, yeah. or oh, Verbata made a bad pass, or oh, Verbata wasn't in the right spot. I can't remember the last time I've said that. Smart and steady player. And look at yeah. Jamie bringing the, the actual examples. Those were two terrific time. examples because we were talking about both of them. Yeah, that's, and, yeah exactly. Those just, and to be able to think those plays at the speed of this game. Well, he doesn't now. It's muscle memory, it, right? It's instinct. Maybe it is, yeah. Yeah, maybe it is. But he makes the right play so often. And, and by the way, and obviously I've known the guy for a while, one of my favorite guys to ever cover in this game that, you know, Czech players, it, it's a different culture, so I think sometimes maybe it, the language barrier is not a barrier for him, certainly not like us in Czech, but <laughs> but sometimes that can be a barrier to getting to know players. He's just such an honest, open guy, and I think you ask anybody who's covered this team for a while, and they'll tell you the same thing about him, and, and Dave Tibbet will say that about him as well. He's an honest player. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, we all enjoy watching him play. We were all hoping that he would come back to Arizona in the offseason and you know, I know he said he's just treating this as his last year, and we'll see what happens after that. He'd play here next year if yeah. they, they wanted him well, back. Uh, why wouldn't they with what he's doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And look, his countryman's 12 years older than him or whatever, and he's still going <laughs> strong in Yarmir Yager. All right, uh, let's, uh, let's get back into some of the news from around the league. I think, actually, this is probably the biggest story over the last week or so. The simple fact that Hold Jamie's on. waving oh, his yeah. finger. Are you talking about the goalie situation in New York? To hurt you again. Yeah. Did something ah, just happen? No, but... He traded Henrik Lundqvist. No, but we have a special okay. guest coming that would really like to talk about the Henrik Lundqvist oh, okay. angle. Okay, so are we gonna let's save that for Sebastian then. Yeah. All right. All right. When's he coming on? Uh, whenever you make the point in this podcast to say, "Here's Sebastian," and then we cut it and wow. come back in. Just a subtle way of saying whenever you stop talking. Yeah, Luke. basically, I heard just shut up, Lipinski, so we can bring <laughs> on the Swede. Well, let's hit the other things that you, that you had on your list because you had a nice list actually. Well, Florida. I mean, they. Yeah. I know they're smarter than everybody else, but they've won two of their eight since getting rid of their very good coach for their buddy. I don't know. Was that was that too straightforward? No, uh, it's it's early, so you have to take that it's into true. account. And, they're and eventually, their good players will come back, so they'll start yes. winning, and they'll say it was maybe, of maybe they will. Well, 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 you know, like I said, it's they're implementing new style of plays, so maybe. But <laughs> you have to question the wisdom of doing that in the middle of the season. I'm not trying to pile Again, on Tom Rowe either. This might not have anything to do with him, right? But just but like, the fact of the matter is, 
Gerard Gallant led them to a, a, an incredible season last year, and you know, Jack Adams finalist, obviously, and yeah. Well, you what know, more to say about that? Well, what more to say this this that? is what's more to say about it. We talked about this a week or two ago. You know, for the longest time, the Panthers were the fun team to pull for, and, and they were kind of like, if your team's out, hey, let's see the Panthers surprise some people or, or mess some teams up or whatever. And just it's the backlash against that team is amazing to me now. Everybody seems to be rooting against not just people in Toronto that or wherever that they have no interest in hockey being played in Florida, but everywhere. It's kind of like now we all want to see the Panthers fail. I'm not at that level. I no. just it's it's worth monitoring though. I mean they they went from being everybody's sort of like second favorite team for a while there when they were good last year to people seem to be enjoying the fact that they've lost six of eight. They missed the playoffs this year. Gonna have some splaining to do. But I mean I don't know that they will explain it. I think they'll just say it's... It's a process. It's part of the process. Yeah, you know, that works in some cases, but not when you're taking a team that was at the top and right. tearing we it down. We wanted to win the division one year and then take a step back out of the playoffs because that's what we felt we needed to do for the process. Don't ignore all those players, We all those changes we made in the offseason. Yeah. That, wasn't with, that wasn't with winning a cup in mind. That was with missing the playoffs in mind so that we could yeah, you, you, do you it have the right to, way. When you can bring Yarmir Yager back to miss the playoffs, you got to do it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you do, because, you know... He's going to play at least 50 anyway, as he told right. us, yeah. as he told, told today's told, Slapshot told slash Fan Rag Hockey. Yeah. As he told his Colombian friend, Craig Morgan. Yes. <laughs> um, Anze Kopitar, uh, this is based on Can't something. even begin to get into the context of that one. No, but it was pretty fantastic. <laughs> actually, now that you've said that, you probably should have, because it sounds worse than it I just, actually I don't even, No, I, 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 th- even... I think one of these episodes, I remember which one, there was some context provided Did to we? that. Yeah. yeah. As a one-on-one interview, walking out of Gila River Arena, Chris Wojcik, who used to be with the Coyotes Media Relations Department, was, with the, the, Panthers was with the yeah. Florida Panthers for a cup of coffee before he moved on to bigger things with the NHL. And next year he'll be the commissioner of the league. Yeah, I know. shut this podcast down, so right. watch what you say. <laughs> yes, true. He probably already has that power, doesn't he? <laughs> We're probably not even on He arranges right. a one-on-one with me with Yager. You know, they're after practice. The guys will talk outside the locker room. Yager's walking back to the hotel, to the Renaissance, and he says, walk with us, and you can talk. So I'm walking alongside Yager. Yager looks at Chris. He looks back at me, looks back at Chris and says, who's your Colombian friend? <laughs> <laughs> It's probably my favorite story ever about anything. <laughs> so something our Colombian friend wrote over the weekend looking at the top uh, centers. <laughs> I know this is a passion project of yours, Craig, the franchise centers in the NHL, ah, yeah. the number one centers. mentioned it every podcast once. Yeah. Uh, you wrote... It's the middle square on uh, natural hat trick bingo. <laughs> <laughs> Who, um, your, your top, you had five in the top tier? Crosby I actually Chase. only had four. McDavid and Anze Kopitar, mm. who I would not have argued this a year ago or two years ago. He's, he's definitely had the career of a number one center, but he's not playing like it right now. We agree with that? Yeah, with three goals. And he just finally got one last night, which I'm going to try and do the math quickly, but I believe snapped a 16-game goalless drought for him. That's, that's no, not bueno. great. Elite. No, I, Good thing they have Jeff Carter, right? Jeff Carter's having a terrific season, but, but Kopitar? L.A. is not having a terrific season. No. I mean, Kopitar still, you know, he's a Selkie Award finalist. He's, 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 he's a terrific two-way player, and he's still capable, I think. Oh, he is. I think he's just in a slump. And yeah, that team is It's troubling. a bad slump. It's like a, a, a Getzlaffian slump. Wow. Okay. Getzlaffian. Like nice, a, huh? A period of history. I like Getzlaffian. The Getzlaffian period. Almost as much as Verbata. <laughs> Craig learned a new <laughs> word today. I, what, do you, what do you make of the Kings? So we're here in Arizona, and everybody's piling on the Coyotes for having – a bad record. I think partially because all the other teams in Arizona have a bad record. Arizona's five points behind LA for a playoff spot right now. How many games in hand do they have on them? Uh, you're going to make one. me look things up. Okay. Just one? Okay. 
Still, I mean, what they're catching up. What's the deal with? What's the deal? With Los what's Angeles? the deal with the Los Angeles Kings? That's, <laughs> there it is. Can we get Seinfeld on next week? Talk about uh, hockey and his stand-up comedy. I I don't know. I don't know what to make of L.A. Well, Craig's really kind don't. of like halfway to you know. It's podcasters and cars getting coffee for Luke and I. Yeah, that's true. Thanks for the coffee again, by the way. Sure, we, we got the coffee. It's the only reason I actually show up to the getting show. Getting with anymore. celebrities is much harder, though. Yeah, <laughs> I have no Jerry Seinfeld connections. I wish. I'm I wish. surprised you don't. You have connections to everybody. No, I really don't. He's been to a hockey game. They did an episode about hockey. You weren't there for that episode? I was there for that episode. Oh, okay. I, I watched that episode. I was not there. Episode. Yeah. I was not invited on the set, if that's what you're asking. Craig was actually a face painter for a while because he had to support the team, just like David Putty. Is that, is that right? No? <laughs> All right. Anyway, back we to L.A. Way off track here. L.A., who's uh, hosting the All-Star Game this year, and that might be the best hockey we see in L.A. This, Ooh. Uh, I, I, I don't understand the Kings. I, I know they're just yeah. trying to sort of tread water until Jonathan Quick comes back. Isn't this what they do, though? Wait, Most Jonathan, seasons? Yeah. Hey, we're yes. L.A. We'll Quick's, just tread water. We'll get into the playoffs, and we'll see what we can do. Quick's coming back in March. Yeah. It's a lot of water. It's a lot, a lot of water to tread. That's it's not so hard, ocean. though, in the West. That's no, true. It's no. a shallow ocean. Oh, maybe that's <laughs> the, the better question. What is going on in the Western Conference this year? We talked last week about how the Metro has clearly passed the Central as the best division in hockey. The Central might be the worst division in hockey. It's crazy, isn't it? It's it's I don't mind this. Uh, no, I'm sure you Black don't. Hawk no, okay. It makes you're much. You're getting that much closer to wearing an Eric Carlson wig here in a couple months. So just prepare for that. Eric Carlson. That's right. Yeah. Yes. He remembers. Uh, yeah, I remember. That was six days ago. Yeah. That's. I, I'm pretty much on two days, and it's all gone. That's, yeah. That's fair. What's okay. your name? Go ahead. I'm not even going to answer that question. I can't pronounce it properly in English. <laughs> Yeah. Lapinski. <laughs> who, Lapinski. Do we, who do we like in the Western Conference right now besides Chicago? Like, uh, do I don't trust? even like Chicago that much. I don't trust Chicago don't. that much. Somebody has to come out of the West this year. It's San Jose, he says, with the utmost confidence. There's a lot of trepidation. <laughs> right. Wait, what's wrong with San like... Jose, by the way? Yeah, I... What's wrong with San Jose? They're, they're, I mean, they're a good team right now. That yeah. You can't say that they're playing poorly. They're on top of the Pacific Division, actually, right now. So they're fine, but they're... Seven points behind the Blackhawks, which is crazy. I, I think one of the big problems, too, is all these Western Conference teams, when they're on the road, they're not mediocre. They're bad. Like, they are real. I mean, there are a few teams that are, you know, Calgary's been doing okay, but most of them have been really, really bad leaving home. And I think that's why you have everybody that's all. Oddly, the Alberta up. teams are the two teams that are playing well on the road in the Western Conference. Everybody else is pretty much a 500 team. Yeah. Two surprises. Well, one, we, we talked a lot about Columbus recently because the Coyotes played them and they had. 600 shots on Mike Smith. Hey, Verbata but, just said that's one of the two best teams they've Verbata. faced this year. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm just going to keep Verbata. calling on what I've for Verbata. eight years. Okay. He, he, uh, he pointed out Columbus is he did. one yeah. of the two best teams they've faced Hard this year. Hard to argue. They have the best points percentage in the NHL right now. On the other end, in the Western Conference, what about the Minnesota Wild? Yeah. They're sitting in second place yeah. in the Central. They've got three games in hand on the Blackhawks. Probably not going to win them all, but they're, they're right there. They're scoring... Bruce Boudreau team is scoring, so that's good. They have the best goal differential in the Western Conference. And they're tied with the Columbus for the fewest goals allowed this season. But this is what this is what Bruce Boudreau's teams do. I mean, they they are a playoff team. If you have well, Bruce, if Boudreau's you looked at the Wilds roster, would you say, oh yeah, this team can score? Beyond you know a couple guys, would you say, yeah, this team can score? Well, they've had all these same players, and they've all supposedly had the potential to score goals, and they just haven't been doing it in the past. And they played a more defensive system under Mike Yo. I mean, this is kind of the extreme 
going to Bruce Boudreau. But we talked about this in, in the offseason. Who's going to miss the, the playoffs in the Central? And now, as it turns out, four teams may miss the playoffs in the Central. But <laughs> Minnesota, to me, was never even an option simply because Boudreau knows over the course of 82 games how to get his team into the playoffs. To me, that, that is going to be a playoff team for that reason and, and maybe that reason alone. But how crazy is that right now if the season ended? Everybody likes to, to rip the Pacific Division. They'd send five teams to the playoffs, yeah. and the Central would send three. The, the Wild are the Kansas City Chiefs of hockey this season. That's what they are. They, they, don't, so do anything they don't do anything flashy. They have a really good coach. They play great defense, and they do just enough that they need to do on the offensive side to win. The, you're not going to, you know, again, who leaves it? Eric Stahl leaves their team. By the way, Eric Stahl's having a pretty darn good season after yes. everybody uh, left him for dead last like year. Like a nice little signing. Yeah, yeah. Seven signing. goals, 20 points. I mean, uh, for Charlie that price, Coyle, that's great. Yeah, yeah I mean, Charlie Coyle is a guy. That's one of those guys. When you talk guys, about one yeah. of those guys, where you talk about has a ceiling, let's see him reach it. Charlie Coyle is playing really well. But hasn't it, I mean we've heard about you know Nita Ryder has yeah. a ceiling that he's never reached. Uh, Mikhail Granlund, uh, Jason up. Zucker, who's still not reaching it. But you know. <laughs> we heard all of this from our. Uh, should we call him friend of the show, Mike Rousseau? Well, he's only been on it even once. rhymes. Well, he's said when am I coming on again? So. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, then yeah, that he gets. Preemptively, it's can we put up show. a ring of honor for guys that have been on like the show? Like friend of the show, acquaintance of the show. Yeah, yeah. This kind of going to be a sort of a hierarchy. Yeah, there, but we have to figure out where those. Right levels. now, John Rosen's still at the top of the pyramid. Yep. Only, only return. Only yeah. guy who's been on twice, right? Verbata's yeah. the first player we've had on, right? Yeah. Yeah. We okay. need to do more of those yeah. too. Verb, he was good too. I liked it. So that, yeah, that's that's a surprise team. I'm, I don't know. I'm not that surprised by Columbus. This is what I thought they would do last year, and I was Great horribly story. wrong. They're so much fun to watch, too. And I think that's, that's what Luke says, what speaks to their sustainability. If, I think I mentioned on the last show, if they did this last year instead of whatever the hell the beginning of their yeah. season was, <laughs> we would have said, oh, this is completely believable. Yeah. But that roster is mostly intact. And they have a franchise defenseman now on top of everything else. Let me ask you this. In the Eastern Conference, you just asked who do you like in the Western Conference, and none of us could really give a definitive answer. Chicago. Yeah, you keep saying that. That's a definitive uh, answer. Eric Carlson, Wig, all that. Okay. Moving on now. Yes. Well, in the Eastern none of us. Conference. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Pittsburgh. Outside of Pittsburgh and Columbus, who do you really – I mean, Montreal's got the great record, but do we truly believe this is anything more than Carey Price? No. Um, I've, I've seen the song and dance from Montreal is before. Shea Weber making that much of an impact? Well – He's having a good year, but – Have you heard the rumblings, and I don't, I don't think that anything would come of this, but I heard this posed on, a couple, on two different shows this week, two different national-slash-international shows – would the Canadians ever consider trading Max Pacioretty before the trade deadline this year? Did, did I miss something? For, for what? Sidney Crosby? Like he, what? he just scored four goals in a game the other night. But these were treated as legitimate questions. These weren't shows where they're just scrambling. Was that, was that an E4 or an E3? Patches. <laughs> I just want to say patches. It, Should it, I call up the clown again? It, it was not like on first take or anything. Oh. No, don't bring up the... You don't like the clown, do you? No. I don't like clowns either. Yeah, it's weird. The only time I like clowns is when I'm showing you a photo of clowns. Also, Luke, stop listening to uh, Hockey Insiders podcast. No, it's... (laughs) Okay, so I guess you guys have answered the question. There's no reason that you would ever... I can't think of a logical reason. Why would you upset the apple cart when you're eight points clear in the division right Also, with your best offensive player. Yeah, let's make a major change and trade a, a key piece. Because there's the rumors over the summer that he was called the worst captain in team history by his coach. Patches. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. Did you wait? I, I thought, I thought the worst human being in Montreal was PK Subban. Yeah, yeah no, they didn't call him the worst human being, just the worst oh, okay. captain in history. Okay. Yeah. So now he's next so, uh, yeah. in the line of fire. He's in the crosshairs now. Yeah. PK's gone. Make a hockey insider with like seven R's reference. By the way, that slipped past both of us. Is that what that was? Wow. Yes. Okay. 
That's, did you hear that, Craig? That I, I meant it, Eckland and a Hockey Insider oh, reference. So back to back. That's where I thought you were going. Yeah. Oh, well, that's why I said e, it was that an E4 and E3. Yeah, 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 back was, in the day. That's pretty intense. Here's a question for you. Okay. I'm going to throw five teams at you, and you're going to tell me which one doesn't Literally make the playoffs. Yes, five, teams? five entire teams are coming in here to be thrown really at Craig. All, all in the Metro Division, all separated by two points right now, okay? Oof. First and fifth in the Metro are separated by two points. And obviously, if the season ended today, five teams from the Metro would be getting in. But let's say... Also be a really weird season. It would be a strange season. Although, I liked Verbata when he had to reference his first lockout as opposed to his second lockout. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. Right. And if he keeps playing this, it won't be his last lockout No, either. they'll get that taken care of, hopefully. I, yeah, okay. The last time the league expanded in my fourth season in the NHL... <laughs> Penguins... Rangers, Blue Jackets, Capitals, Flyers. Which one of them misses the playoffs? Which one misses? Flyers. Flyers would probably be tops on my list, and the Rangers would be second. I'm still waiting for the Ranger implosion. Yeah, the bubble's going to burst on the Rangers soon, but they think they might. It can't last, can it? Uh, That can't last, but I think Lundqvist can't be this bad. There's that. Bad and bad and quotes. Did Jamie just give us a segue into Antiranta? I I feel like he did. Or is it Antiranta? We should have said when he comes on. Well, it, perfect. We should have somebody else pronounce it for us. But Philadelphia's won nine in a row. They're red they're hot right fifth. now. Red hot, no question. Don't trust their goaltending. I don't trust their defense. Yep. What about Stoli the goalie? I want him to become the starter just so we can say Stoli the goalie more often. I'm going right. to start saying it's it. Because we can go okay. Roly the goalie. Yeah, anymore. you can just go ahead and say it. We're just going to start doing it. What was it you wanted to say? You pointed out. You no, keep I thought it was Stoli the goalie. I, no. I just gave but you. The Flyers have allowed 94 <laughs> goals this year. Let's talk about that. 94 goals in 31 games. Let's go allowed. through each one in order. All right. Opening night against the Ottawa Senators. No, that's not true. The Rangers. I know you guys both keep waiting for them to melt down, and I don't necessarily think they're going to melt down. But because of the division they're in, they may not have to melt down. Look at the, the top five teams I'm talking about. Here's their current streaks. Do you right, see this? Right. Pittsburgh won six. Columbus has won seven. Washington's won five. The Flyers have won nine. The Rangers made the mistake of losing one in a row, and they may drop right out of the top five. The Blackhawks. I, we're, we're tiptoeing around it. We've got to talk a little anti-Ranta. Is, is Sebastian Anti-Ranta, the former Blackhawk? Yes. The yeah. former, uh, former Blackhawk, great. Is he, is he done doing whatever let's, he let's, does? Before we dive into that, just one last thing to hit here. This is the most teased segment it, in the history it, of segments. It's, 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 it's you know, shot differential, possession. The Rangers are a bad possession team. That's why I think this has to end because it's really hard to sustain that over an entire season. Colorado, I know, did it. We, there's like, it seems like there's one outlier every year, so maybe they'll be the outlier and get into the playoffs and lose in the first round. But I, I think there's, there are significant problems with the way the Rangers are playing right now. Do you think right they're now. better this year, though, than they were last year? I think they have more offensive options right now, and okay. they, they did a good job of infusing some youth into the lineup. Whether that youth sustains the pace it's on, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't see it. Before you dive with Hayes into Hayes and VC, and I, I mean, I think these guys can be good players. I don't think they're elite players. Would it be safe, before you go into the stats, would it be safe to say Craig Morgan hates the city of New York? Is that where we're headed with no, this? No, I like New York. Oh, okay. I, I always make that road trip you every year. Yeah, yeah, you do. How convenient every every yeah. time. Well, I guess a yeah. yeah, nice little place in oh. the West Village to hang out. Yeah. I have to go to Manhattan. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Carry on with your uh, your stats over there. Okay. Wow. I think I will. All right. Wow. <laughs> Preferably into the microphone since now you're not talking. Okay. So, in, in terms of shot differential, the thing that I was looking at, and I'm wondering if there's more at play here. Look, nobody's going to say that, oh, wow, the Coyotes are doing a great job defensively because they're allowing a ton of goals. And yet, Mike Smith is 10th in the league in save percentage, and Mike Smith has been fantastic this year, no question about it. But is there something else at play here in terms of structure? I wonder sometimes. The Coyotes are giving up 7.3 shots more than they're taking in a game. That's okay. a lot. 
That's insane, that differential is by far the worst in the NHL. But the Blackhawks are 25th. They're at minus 2.5 per game, and everybody's talked about the great season that Corey Crawford was having before he had his his appendix removed, and now Scott Darling's come in, and he's looked terrific. Is there something else at work here? Is our good friends Dave Tibbet and Joel Quenville doing something structurally, defensively, that's allowing their goaltenders to succeed even though they're facing a lot of rubber and the other team has the puck more? I, I, I think there may be, and I think New Jersey might be the example, the most recent example. The Devils, by the way, are 28th, minus 3.8. We saw the way when they came here and, and gave up like 60 shots to the Coyotes. 95 shots. 95 shot attempts, wasn't yes. it? Yeah. And we won. saw the way they defended the goal. That was last year, but yeah. It really is a, kind of a, a pack-it-in mentality, and I'm not saying the other teams are employing the exact same thing. So is that different from a pack mentality? Okay, sorry, go ahead. It, just, it felt like you just or threw out a company line thoughts? there. Uh, I have none. Okay. No, I'm dying. I'm waiting for Sebastian to call in <laughs> at this don't point. Don't let me oh. interrupt. Just carry on. Awkward moment. <laughs> wow, talk about losing your train of thought. Nice, I feel like this is a now, win for me. Now, the Blackhawks have three terrific defensemen still you know, three world-class defensemen in, in, in Duncan Keith, Nicholas Chalmerson, and I know some people will argue on Brent Seabrook because he does tend to make some mistakes, but they're defending really well this year. They really are defending really well there. They're giving up a lot of shots, so are they doing something structurally different than a lot of other teams? I wonder sometimes, and I'm probably going to explore this a little more in a story, but the Blackhawks are having an awful lot of success for a team that's giving up as many shots as they're giving up. And also might be something to talk to Tippett about, considering what his last home press conference, yeah. kind of that walk-off exactly. comment, kind of makes me think me that, wonder. that they're perfectly fine, as they should be, giving up those types of attempts, and they don't consider that something that they should really even as, worry about. You know, he said that when, when they were having success, you know, in the three straight years they went to the playoffs, the, you know, the simplified version is keep shots to the outside, but I think they're doing something that really allows them to keep shots in the areas where Mike Smith is confident he can stop them. And that's part of it, too. It's what, is your, what are your goaltender's strengths? What does he like to see? What, what does he like to see happen in front of him? Now, he doesn't like to see Oliver Ekman Larson and Michael Stone pass pucks right in front of the net to that, opponents. That was odd. But for the most part, I think he's had some help, at least, in, in maintaining that high save percentage. And it, it, when you look at the, the, the basic numbers, you probably won't see that because they're giving up so many shots. But there might be something deeper to what Tippett's talking about. I think this is a great point. And the game that you guys are referencing where afterwards Coyotes defeated Nashville 4-1 on Saturday. I don't remember who it was that asked Dave Tippett about the shots on goal, but he basically said... Jerry Brown from NHL.com. Okay, there you go. See, There you go, Jerry. I gave you a plug. <laughs> Waiting all, we've been waiting 63 episodes to give Jerry Brown a shot. He'll hear out. about it in two months and ask me about it. <laughs> and then it turned into a backhanded compliment <laughs> without the compliment. So, you know, Dave Tippett that night referenced, you know, I feel like the, the shot charts or whatever, the, the shot numbers are a little inflated. That's what he said. And it was kind of, we, the three of us were looking around like, oh, it's interesting that he would bring that up. At that but, time, of all times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, Craig, to your point, that night you tweeted out that five of Mike Smith's previous ten games, he had made 40 or more saves, which, you know, just on the, on the surface implies that they're giving up too many shots. He was 3-0-2 in those five games. So they are winning more when they're giving up more shots. There might be something to what you're saying. I think you should get more into that. I think we actually probably should talk about that more on the show next week. But we are joined now by our Swedish friend, Sebastian Noren. It's now time for Swedish Things with our special guest, Sebastian Noren. 
Hey, Sebastian. Uh, you think you know so much about soccer, but you really don't. It's like another one. Sebastian, how are you doing in uh, wherever you are right now? I'm doing well. I'm in Cincinnati, and it's cold. The, the Sweden of the U.S., Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. We just yeah. had... No, it, we just had, uh, as he pronounces it, Radim Verbata on the show. That's how you say it. And he was... Did that just feel like, yes, Craig, that's very good. Good job. Yeah. Good job. You're learning. Uh, and he ran us through some pronunciations in Czech, which sounded entirely different from anything we've heard, uh, especially his hometown, which I still can't pronounce. No. So now we bring in the Swedish expert. And what are you going to enlighten us about today? Well, I mean, we should probably talk about Henrik Lundqvist, right? Yes, that's we've been waiting. We literally have waited the entire show for you to come on. We haven't even touched on probably the top story of the last week. And and what's his backup's name? Antiranta. There it is. Oh, there you go. That's all right. So, what do you that's make beautiful. of the situation, that's, Sebastian? That's music. That's, that's melodious, isn't it? Henrik Lundqvist basically came in. I mean, he has to be one of, if not the greatest Swedish goaltenders of all time, correct? We kind of established that when we talked to you a couple of weeks ago, and now he's being sat by his own team. Yeah, I, it, it's weird, though, because if you look back at his career, December is usually a pretty poor month for him. Um, for some reason, he doesn't play as well in December, but I don't think it's that big of a deal if he sits for four games. I mean, he'll be back on Friday against Dallas, and it's, you know, to give him a rest, why not? He's a old or oldish. Um, so I don't really see a big problem in it, but it's been blown way out of proportion back home in Sweden. Uh-huh. Give us a, a feel for that when you say it's been blown way out of proportion. What do what the headlines look like? What are they saying? Well, it's like, oh, my God, Lundqvist is benched again. Is the king dethroned? And, you know, it's just, you know, I a lot of it's basically these, I feel like it's just clickbait, but uh, it's uh, it's rather interesting to see how people overreact to such an extent. I mean, Ranta is playing really well, and you should just play that hot glove while it's hot, really. I don't see any problem with Henrik sitting a couple of games. You know, you mentioned Lundqvist's poor December numbers. I, I just want to know, why does he hate Christmas? I don't. Maybe he's he wants to be back in Sweden. I don't know. That's possible. That's, that's isn't, yeah. he, isn't he from your hometown, or am I just ignorant and making things up? You also, are. those are not mutually exclusive. He is not from my hometown, but he did play a long time with uh, Frelunda. He, he, he did visit once, Jamie. Yes. All right, close no, he, Yeah. No, he's from Ora, um, of course, which wait, is the from where? ski town. Ora. How's that spelled? Uh, the A with the uh, one dot over it, R E. Wow, wow, wow. that's how, yep. okay. Anyway, good I, consolidation I have, of letters. Sebastian, I have a hockey question for you. <laughs> Unlike my okay. two co-hosts, um, no, you mentioned that you know it's it's somewhat being overblown back in Sweden, which ultimately I guess doesn't matter, or even if it's being overblown in New York. But based on all your years watching Henrik Lundqvist play hockey. Do you think that it's getting to him mentally at all? Because I'm with you. He sits out a few games in December. Maybe he's more fresh in April or May, depending on how far this team goes. It never hurts to have two goalies. But is there any chance he's getting frustrated? I mean, of course he wants to play. He's He's got a very – he's a very stubborn player. He's very goal-oriented, and he's got that good winner mentality. So it probably bugs him a little, but I don't think he's doubting himself in any way, shape, or form. You guys, you hear? 
Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Hi. I just I didn't want to interrupt. It felt felt like you were on a, a train of thought there. No, that's, that's it. it. My trains don't it. go very far. I want to ask you about a completely different. We just as as we as I just said, we had Radim Verbata on the show. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm going to say it like that from now. Luke's yeah, looking how, at me like. How, so I got to ask you a question though. How did he pronounce Martin Hansel's name? See, we we didn't even ask about his own teammate, and we were feeling guilty about it. But I think you just laid it out there for us. I I I, I, I guessed. That we were probably pronouncing it incorrectly. Luke, of course, chided me for that because he, he feels like he's fluent in Czech. But could you say that again? I would. I would say Martin Hansal. Yeah, that's probably right. They, they all sound better. Every they do sound better, better, actually. It's we, it's a better sounding language, actually. Butchering all these names. Okay, I wanted to ask you about yeah uh, the English pronunciation. Alex Wenberg, is, is is this a surprise to you what he's done so far? And and by the way, Verbi just told us that Columbus's. One of the two best teams he's seen this year, along with the Penguins, who are scoring 17 goals on everyone they face. Yeah, I mean, Columbus, they've been doing great and got the chance to see them when the Coyotes were in town. And Alexander Vembari, as you would say it. Um, not as I was at. That's not yeah, at all I don't how think I would any say of us it. said that's, it that's that how way, you yeah. Craig calls him Alex W. Wait, you didn't even, I didn't even hear the G at the end. Can you say that again? Alexander Vembari. Wow. Okay. So much. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I, I mean, he's he's definitely gotten his big breakthrough here this season, and it, it's it. I'm amazed that they can do this, and they have John Tortorella as their coach. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, Sebastian, you you've uh, you obviously saw the Coyotes a lot when you used to live here, and now you live the closest team is Columbus. We talked about this last week that maybe the Blue Jackets' model to success is the one that the Coyotes are, are best equipped to follow because Columbus never had a number one overall pick, and the Coyotes clearly will never win the lottery if they're in that position. But they have a bunch of young prospects. What is it? Is that kind of what's happened for Columbus this year? Or just all their young guys? It, it's finally coming together at once. Yeah, it seems like it. And then they got really lucky with uh, you know getting in Sam Gagne, who's been on fire. I don't know where that was when he was in Arizona or anywhere else. Or Edmonton. Or, in, yeah. or except for that one game with Edmonton. Um, <laughs> you mean against the Blackhawks. Yes. Ah, yes. <laughs> Who was in goal for that so, game, Craig? Do you remember? I am trying. I'm probably blocking over there. No. Nobody, apparently. But uh, I, I, I'm going to put uh, Craig on the spot here a little bit. We've talked about number one centers a bunch, and I told Sebastian we'll talk about Nicholas Backstrom and where he ranks. Because I believe, now correct me if I'm wrong, Craig, you said he's not – a franchise number one center, and he—that's the biggest reason why they won't win a cup. Well, he's—I—I. I, if you look at my list of franchise centers in last week's column, it's only four guys in the group A. Yeah. Now I do list him as a number one center and an elite number one center. He is in that second group, but I've always felt that there's just a little bit of a wow factor lacking with Nicholas Backstrom. And now, Seb, you can just take me down on this entire thing. Just tell me what it is. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, first and foremost. This is, I don't understand why you have such a, Americans in general have such a big problem with his first name. Okay. How Niklas. do we put it? Go ahead. Niklas. Niklas. Yeah. Not, not Nicholas. Niklas. Not Nicholas. Because <laughs> that's how we pronounce it in English. And, and as we've made abundantly yeah. clear, we butcher all we four names. We get the last names. name right, at least, in that case. Because we're America. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we worry about ourselves and no one else. It's just kind of how we roll Yo, here. Craig, Craig's going on a tangent. Sorry. Hold Sorry. on. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, you, we, don't want, we don't want to go down this road. <laughs> Niklas. Niklas. <laughs> so tell us about Niklas. Or just call him Nick. That's even better. Oh, yeah. Okay. Why don't we just call him that? Okay. So it's Niklas, but we can't call him Nick. We call him Nick. Yeah, it's just easy. It shortens yeah. for the, okay. Yeah. It's like Tobias 
Enstrom. He goes by Toby. To, so, wow, okay, Tobias. See, that's probably, per, yep. should we be saying reader's first name like that too? Uh, or is German pronunciation yeah. a little different? It might be a slightly different, but not too big since yeah. Swedish is a Germanic-based language. Mm-hmm. This is educational when Sebastian comes on the show. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've, we've okay. Never, so yeah. Jamie and I are just sitting here with our okay. jaws open. Yeah, so Nick Backstrom. Okay. Call him that. Yes. Uh, definitely Nikki. a, definitely a uh, number one centerman in the league. Yep. No argument I mean, there. I would put him... I would put him in the same, let's see, I got it. Okay, so you have him in Group B here. Yes. And I would like to liken him a lot to Ryan Getzlaff. Okay. okay. Uh, if you look at, you know, if we go back a couple of years, uh, right. let's do from 2013. Backstrom is 15 points among, among centermen. And there isn't, he's not as razzle and dazzle as Ovechkin. I, I feel like Ovechkin takes, a lot of the, if not all of the spotlight in Washington. And so Backstrom can sort of slide under the radar a bit, but look at his playmaking abilities. He's an elite playmaker. He's an assist machine. So, I, yeah, I wouldn't put him in the group A, but he's definitely top 15 in the league. Okay, I, have, I agree with that. We've had this debate on this show a lot because Craig's definition of a, of a number one center, I, I, maybe not number one center, but the sort of center he wants on his team is, I guess, a little bit different than mine. And the Craig, Luke just wants to make the playoffs. Well, no. but <laughs> I think, I'm concerned with winning cups. I think you can win a Stanley Cup with Nicholas Backstrom as your center. I don't think your center has to win you the cup. TikTok. Still waiting on yeah. that. So do you, do you agree with that? This best, and I understand he's on Washington, and they seem to never. But if, if Nicholas Backstrom was on the Penguins, do you think they wouldn't have won the Cup last year? Well, is Sidney Crosby still of, on the Penguins? Okay. He's the number two center you, instead of Malkin. Yes, if Sidney well, yeah. Crosby is the number one center. All yes. right. Put him on L.A. That's a bad example. All right. Well, this is Boston yeah, a couple you years would, ago. If you, would, if you would swap out Kopitar and Backstrom, I, think, I still think L.A. would have won. And, and Sebastian used to live in L.A. So that makes him an expert, I think, I'm going to say. And I think that's the best example, honestly, mm-hmm. is the, the swap out there. Yeah, right. I mean, the, the two names that always come up the most in that, like, conversation, for me it's Stamkos, for you it's John Tavares, and for Craig Nick Backstrom of guys that aren't yeah. clearly upper echelon players, but the, you're splitting hairs when you get to the elite of the elite. Right. I, not, I mean, the, the group A is Sidney Crosby, Jonathan Taves, Connor McDavid, and, and Kopitar. Yeah. So those are... Really accomplished player. Well, Connor McDavid is not, but everybody can see it's coming. The other three guys have won multiple cups. Sebastian, what's up with Kopitar? Because I know you follow the Kings closer than most. Is, is this just a, an early season slump, or is he is something going on there with that team? I mean, there's definitely something going on with the team. I, I, I worry for them, really. Um, Kopitar has not been up to snuff so far. Had a little bit of an injury problem, missed like five games or something, so... You know, he, he might come along after a while, but, I mean, their main thing is to – because I, I saw the quick is going to be out until March. Yeah. Yep. So they, they need a goalkeeper. They, they just need a new one. By the way – I mean, riding, riding Peter Bujai all season, no. Yeah, especially the, they're playing him so much. It just, yeah. You've got to believe yeah. he's going to wear down. Yeah, because that cough has been awful. Yep. His whole career. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at any Zach Kopitar. Oh, okay. No, he won, the Penguins, he won the Penguins a big game in the playoffs last year, and they've been and 
they're thankful for that, but he hasn't been great. By the way, hearkening back to the uh, Gagne point game, Crawford's the one that gave up the first five, and then Ray Emery, the last three. Oh, Ray Ray Emery had one terrific season for the Blackhawks as a backup, but uh, yeah, yeah, I I remember that. I I mean, to go back to your list here, though, Craig, I don't know if I would put Taves into Group A anymore. Oh, here we go. Nice. All right. I'm going to mute my mic. Well, here's the thing. He's been hurt this season, so... I don't know. I, yeah, maybe maybe there's an argument to be made there. But uh, talking to people around that team, he is still the engine that drives that team more than anyone else. So I, I, yeah, I, I still think Jonathan Taves belongs in that class. He, now, he's not putting up the numbers the last couple seasons, and, and that's a little troubling, although you look at the role, the situation. I yeah, wonder what would happen if they cut Jonathan Taves loose a little bit and, and who he's playing with, too. I mean, Patrick Kane gets to play with, with – uh, Artemi Panarin and, and Artem Anisimov and, and Jonathan Taves, we'll see. He's, he's got Richard Ponick and yeah, some guys who probably don't got belong in your top line. I something I want to say, but I'm going to save oh, go it. ahead no, and say For it. the next time we have Sebastian on, I'm going to save it. It's not about the Blackhawks. I'm going to save it. But, but also, we also strongly consider that maybe Crosby and McDavid are in their own tier. Yeah, and could Taves be. And, and Kopitar are in their own tier. Like the, the player in the yeah. league. Crosby's it. McDavid will be it soon. Yeah. So there's like a group 1A. 1A in the yeah. group. 1B. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, when you talk about splitting hairs, that's probably even yeah. more fair to do it that way, right? So that you have less distinction between the groups. Anybody else on this list stand out to you in terms of one way or the other here? Sebastian, I don't know how much you've seen Austin Matthews this year. We're going to finally get to see him up close uh, here next week and then against the Coyotes on the road tomorrow. But uh, anybody, anybody else on, on Craig's list here that you think should be up or down? Well, I, I feel like Hendrick Sedin is a bit high up, actually. Thank I said that the other night. You did? That's probably I, w- I would probably put him in the group C now. He's, he's, they're just looking old. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can see that. Uh, and the Vancouver are going to be so screwed without them. Yeah. <laughs> they're screwed with them. Yeah, they because they, yeah. they really can't go forward while yeah. both of them are under contract. But you're right. When they take that, that kind of skill out of the lineup, then it's going to be, oof, what do we actually have here? Who's, uh, who's yeah, the most? I, oh, go ahead. Yep. Nope. Go, well, who's the go most impressive it. team you've seen this year? Maybe outside of Pittsburgh. I got. I <laughs> oh, no, I mean you got to go with Columbus, really. Yeah. Is that catching on there? I mean, I know that you don't live in Columbus, but you live close. Is, is there starting to be some some uh, hype around the, the city? Because now they're basically doing what they were supposed to do last year. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a good vibe surrounding the team right now. Um, still having a little bit of trouble getting people to the arena which is kind of sad. It's because they're all Browns fans and they're distraught. Yeah. <laughs> Cavs fans. Yes. Cavs fans. Oh, they're not distraught. See, there you go. Do you guys have anything else for Sebastian? I have one more question I want to ask him before we go. Uh, I just I, – you don't, you don't have anything more you want to give us, right? We're, you're just waiting for Luke to ask this final question. <laughs> sure. I mean, if you got any other things you want to talk about, Swedish – Christmas traditions or whatever, I'm up yes. for it. Well, we were hoping you'd sing at some point. Yeah, but, you know, I don't yeah. want to force you into that on the spot. We well, need to close with the Swedish Christmas traditions. What are the, well, why don't you ask your question, and then we'll close with the Swedish yeah. traditions. The one player. I, I think Jamie and I both agree that the traditions will probably be more interesting. Yes, they will be now. I mean, there's no way I can ask this question. Well, it, it really doesn't matter what the traditions are. They're going to be more interesting. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't even know what I'm going to ask. All right, wow. I don't even want to ask it now. Uh, what's what's up with the Hampus Lindholm? He doesn't look like the Hampus Lindholm he's been the last couple of years. And, just because he held out. And is out. Luke pronouncing that correctly? No, I know I'm not. No, of course not. 
And that wasn't too bad. Humpus leaned home. Yeah, that's pretty close. No inflection in your voice, though, Luke. Humpus. You can say that all the time. Sounds like Krampus. Sounds like Krampus. Uh, he's got three points. Speaking of Christmas traditions, seventeen. No, no, we're not speaking of Christmas traditions. We're speaking does, of. Does Krampus exist in in Scandinavia as well? In Sweden? And sorry, let, oh, you can answer Luke's question first if if you want. Yeah, be the polite. Or, or just ignore him like we've done for like five years. Yeah. Show has <laughs> gone so long. No, I, I think. I mean the the whole contract situation. I think really screwed with his preparations for the season. The World Cup doesn't seem to have helped any of these guys that, that held out at the start of the year. Just uh, in terms I guess, of I guess, no. okay. Toby Reader stepped right in. But some of these guys that – actually, you know what? Scratch that because Ricard Raquel looks great too for Anaheim. He might be their best player now. All right, Sebastian, how about some Christmas Swedish traditions? And, and I'm, this, is, this might be the most excited I've been for anything all day. Well, I mean, the big thing is the food, of course. Oh, I like food. The Christmas smorgasbord. Okay. What, what's on that smorgasbord? It's not really a board. Usually sure. you have, okay, so you usually have a c- assortment of pickled herring. Pickled herring. Pickled herring. Less excited. Right. So yeah. far, I'm not accepting the invitation. Is that the guy they just acquired from Toronto? Oh, it's Peter Har. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, and then you got a Christmas ham. Christmas ham. Like That's that. very important. Okay. Yep. You got um, small sausages called Prince sausage. Prince? Like the singer? Prince? Like Purple Rain? Yes, like okay. the singer, exactly. <laughs> and you cut, you, you cut them, um, you make like a cross before you uh, throw them in the frying pan. So, oh, they, sort of, so they, they almost turn, they look like pig's feet almost. So what holiday do you save the king sausage for? Ooh. Wow. I think we've, we've, it must be past Jamie's bedtime at one in the afternoon. Yeah. I mean, that's two horrible jokes Jamie's, in the span of Jamie's head is literally in his arm his right now. His player efficiency is, is right off the board today. He's feeling shame. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, you got the meatballs. That's the staple. Okay. Um, you've got some... You, you mentioned you cut these sausages in a cross. Is that a religious thing, or is that just the way you cut them to cook them properly? No, it's just so they sort of... I mean, you said cross. I don't know. The ends sort of crumble, or they, not crumble, they, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain, but they sort of expand a little, and then they turn into, they look like a little pig's feet. Are they made, are they pork sausage? Uh, it's a mix. I wouldn't say it's pork and beef. On okay. a scale of one to ten, how far off the rails do you think we've gone on the show today? Because I would say like a high <laughs> uh, ten. Uh, it's, it's all right. Uh, then you got salmon, of course, smoked salmon. Uh, or, that's good uh, stuff right there. That's good stuff. Grav Lux. Um, wait, wait, what? What? Grav Lux. Wait, now you have to say it a third time since you brought out the pronunciation. Oh, he said it. Even okay. I understood that. You did? Yeah. I didn't. Okay. Please, once more. Grav Lux. Yeah. Wow. And, and that is what? Uh, it's salmon cured in salt, sugar, and dill. Huh. Ooh. That sounds excellent. It's a that heavy fish-based it's smorgasbord. It's okay. Salmon's yes, good stuff. absolutely. It's the wrong segment to do um, when I'm starving. Yeah, and then you got your uh, holiday porridge. You guys eat all of this on Christmas? Yes. Okay. It's a lot of food. Yeah, it sounds nice. Like it. So yeah. does, does Krampus exist in Sweden as well? Or is Krampus just more like a uh, Central European thing? You don't, uh, even, you don't even know who I'm talking about, do you? I don't no, I, I know. Okay. I know who you're talking about. No, that's more uh, Germany, Austria. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, everybody Czech knows Republic. that. 
Yeah, yeah. Radim probably knows about him. He yeah, probably he does. does. Yeah. We, we failed to ask oh, him about call him back, we'll ask him. Yeah, okay. All right, so we're wrapping this up? <laughs> I guess we are. <laughs> Sebastian, you're officially a friend of the show now because you've been on twice. It's, it's you and John Rosen are the only two official friends of the show. I don't know how that makes you feel after the last 20 minutes, but you have to live with it. Make me feel makes me feel very good and warm inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and. Yes, and. We can't forget about the drink. No, of course oh, not. Oh, of course what not. What is the drink? Glug. 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 I can't even. Sorry. There's something going mold, on at the end of there that I can't hear. It's a mold wine drink. Wait, okay. what wine drink? Mold wine. Mold. mold. Mm, that sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> mold. M U L L E D. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Mold. That okay. sounds better. Oh, yeah. Much better than mold, yes. Yeah. Moldy wine. And then you usually uh, pour some hard alcohol in there, and it's uh, you drink it hot. I think we should do that for one of, well, maybe not for one Swedish of the shows. Christmas. Yeah, we should have like a Swedish All Christmas a week that. after. Three of us oh, get yeah. together at Yard House or something. Oh, getting, getting together with you two? By well, the way, we just, just we need to go back there. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have to go to Craig's publicist first. Suddenly and... Craig's busy again. All right. Sebastian, thanks a lot, man. If we don't talk to you before Christmas, enjoy your mulled wine. Thanks, thank Sebastian. Yep, thank you. That's Sebastian Norn, our Swedish friend with some Swedish insight. And yes, officially a friend of the show. So... We're up to two friends of the show, and we have we have got like thirty acquaintances of the show that we've had as guests. Yeah, we need to somebody back. We should get uh, Rick Olchek back. He could yeah. be our first. Still haven't had B on. Still haven't had B on. Are they on like a six day winning streak right They're now? They're going to be here too, aren't they? In like have a to start days. riding him. Yeah, such a good quote too. He's hysterical. <laughs> yes, he is. All right, so um, just the three of us, real quick. Any final thoughts on that Auntie Ranta Henrik Lundqvist situation? I actually think it benefits the Rangers down the line. Sure, I, I think a fresh Lundqvist is a great thing, and I do expect him to be the guy in the playoffs if they make the playoffs, which yeah. I think they will. The Rangers will be in the playoffs. Right. Yeah, Lundqvist is one of the few goalies I don't worry about, even with a. If you, it's not even really prolonged, but even a small stretch of, of bad play. I'm with Craig. If he's not as worked going into the postseason, I think that's only a good thing. Interesting that he said he's with Craig on that one. That was also my point. Just I don't remember that. A do further divide and driven that point. in this show. Are you on the show? No, I'm just kind of here to keep you two in line, which I did a terrible job but, of today. Yeah, but to say. Hedrick Lundqvist will always have his looks as well. That's true. true. Before I wrap Roguishly up, handsome. does Jamie have any more fantastic jokes that are going to just drive away the last remaining listeners he wants to throw out there? No, he's no, pretending he can't it, has to, it has to come naturally. <laughs> did you guys compile your Lipinski lists this week? Uh, you know, I well, here's the thing. Craig throws out the Lipinski list. Sounds like list. an excuse coming, just <laughs> so you know. It's like three. And he's like, don't, don't forget to have your Lipinski list for the show in like two hours, which you told me about for the first time this morning. Yeah. And you know what? I've got a couple. You so do. So do you want a to run this? You well, don't have a top ten. I never do a top ten because we'll be here for six hours if okay. we do a top ten. The, you, you can go ahead and tell them what the Lipinski list is. The today. Lipinski list that bears my name that I did not come up with is the top NHL teams. That happens every week, by the way. Also, I believe that manifested itself at a Chinese restaurant in Chandler when we were talking about creepy songs. If I'm not mistaken, I think that was the origin right before we did Behind the Mask. As all good. By the way, shout out to guys from Behind the Mask. Joe's Kitchen, right? By the way. Uh, Shout shout out to both those places. Yeah. Both in Chandler, oddly. Yeah. Although Behind the Mask is in several locations. That's true. Behind the Mask is taking over, and we're very appreciative. And I also need to go buy another new stick today. That's a long Mm -hmm. story. Uh, The Lipinski list this week, as we wrap up, is the top teams of all time, correct? Top NHL teams of all time. That was the list you said. Was it? The greatest teams of all time. I don't believe that that was what it was. No. Oh, well, that's what I looked up. No, so. it's the all greatest, right. well, all right. greatest well, players of all time. You might as well do it at this point. You guys go ahead and do your greatest players of all time. I'm going to pull up this email. Luke has his own list. Luke marches to his own drummer. I was going to say, like, the 84 Oilers were right at the top of my list. Okay. It's Lipinski's list. I'll no make one's going to argue with you since we actually follow directions. And 
This week the list is uh, things I need at the grocery store, so get on board. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Um, you want to go ahead then with, with your list? I just uh, – the well, no, now it doesn't make any sense. I had the, the well, mid-'80s Oilers, the early If the show had to make sense, we'd be in big trouble. No, give me your guys' list so I can, I can find this and, and shame Craig, which is really my only goal in life at this point. So you guys didn't, give me Didn't this all players. come off an NHL press release I forwarded to you saying it the did. perfect – the, it, the, the, the press the release 100. was the top 100 NHL players of all time. And yeah. Okay. Oh, you're right. I do see it now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So give me your list. All right. You want to go first, Jamie, or do you want me to go I'll first? I'll let you go first. All right. I've got a top ten, and it'll be a little bit controversial. Oh, okay. It's all Blackhawks. No. it's uh. In fact, uh, there's not a single Blackhawk on the list. So how about that for unbiased? Hold on. Before did I, you did I have a typo? What, what, can, you, can Craig, can you just read your own email? What does this say? Ten greatest teams. I did send oh, that in the follow that. email. I, okay, I just, my bad. Oh, I just vindication. I feel like Redim oh. Verbata right, not so playing a We should now do anymore. both. Redim Verbata. Sorry. Go ahead. So give me your greatest players. Every time you mispronounce it, I'm going to say it that way. <laughs> or to say it. Radim Verbata. Again, no, you, just, you have that. to do that on one of your intermission shows with no context. All right. I'll do it. There'll be some context. He plays for the team. My ten greatest players of all time. Number one. Yes. Gordie Howe. Ooh. All right. Two-way player. Okay. Complete player. And that's, this, this is a common thread for me. So it, it, it's very important when I measure a player. It's not just about offense. Is Gretzky on your list? Of course he's okay. on my list. But is Eric Carlson? People will be – no, he's not on my list. <laughs> oh, just missed. Just missed the so cut. So Gordie Howe's first, but Wayne Gretzky's not second either. Oh, okay. Bobby Orr is second All right. on that, my list. He's, he's a good Canadian boy, so you won't, you won't get attacked north of the border for that. Okay. So – I'm going to put Gretzky third. Do you want to specify which Gretzky? Not Keith. Okay. <laughs> right. Who was, um, yeah. Yeah, I'll go back to that old mom saying, if you can't say something nice. Oh, wow. He was here as a scout. Hmm. That didn't go well. NHL, I should just throw out there, the hockey news, the most recent uh, issue has a list of combined points between brothers. They're talking about the stalls and how they've had to so really. Gretzky, like 2,000, whatever, and Keith Gretzky, 27. Yeah, they, <laughs> Keith is like one or something. They haven't combined, but they're still number one. The Gretzkys are number one. Shocking. So, yeah, yeah. There you go. Even like, you know all the Sutters together, you would think that they'd be oh. pretty high up there because there were a couple pretty productive. This is why Wayne Gretzky's number one on my list. But go ahead. Okay, you know, that's fine. He did play the PK, and he was scary on the penalty kill because they just attacked him and looked for offense. But yeah. if you ask Wayne Gretzky to defend in his own end, or you know. There's some other issues there. But he's still number three on my list because wow. what okay. he did offensively is ridiculous. Number four on my list is Marc Messier, who may be my favorite NHL player of all time. Sounds like it. Because, well, he's, you, you see the offensive numbers, first of all. He's, yes. he's way up there. Is he second? I think he's second, isn't he? I'll pull up those numbers. Yeah, he is because Jaromir Yager is about to run him down. Marc Messier was also a ridiculously good defensive player, a ridiculous physical presence who fought early in his career and then – Never fought again because no one would fight the guy because they were terrified that he would break their jaw because he's a terrifying player and he's a great leader who won a cup. After Gretzky left, he still led Edmonton to a cup. And I will say this. In your and New York, the New York Rangers, he ended a really long streak for them as well. And now they've started another one. But <laughs> I will say this in, in defense of your point, Wayne Gretzky never won another cup after he left. Nope. Mess was, I think it's coincidence. Mess was... As complete, I, I didn't get to see Goriel play, but Marc Messier was as complete a player as I have ever watched play the game. And there's this great story. I, I wish I, I, I don't want to misquote this because I'm not sure if it was Kevin Lowe or another teammate, but there's this famous moment on the bench where Mess gets to the bench 
and you know things aren't going well for the Oilers on the ice, and he's he's a little riled. And one of the players, I think it was Kevin Lowe, but I'm probably remembering this wrong, turns to him to talk to him, and Mess is just staring straight ahead, reciting this: discipline over emotion, discipline over emotion. And it was almost like this creepy moment, like, whoa. He short-circuited? Somebody, no, just so zoned in yeah. on what he needs to do. He's an incredible player. Mario Lemieux, number five on my list. Rocket Richard, giving props to Doug Harvey, uh, a defenseman who doesn't get nearly enough attention probably. He, I, I think on, you know people in the inner circles will still mention him, but I don't think the casual fan knows much about Doug Harvey, who was a, an incredible defensive defenseman and also put up a fair amount of points. Jean Beliveau. And then I've got... Met him in Vegas once, by the way. Did you? Really? That's an honor. It was very brief. He walked through the room. It was one of the first award shows I ever covered. And I will just say he had an aura about him. Mm. Everybody just kind of stopped. And it's it's the award show. So there's a bunch of very good hockey players there. That's pretty cool. And me. So, and I had to... I I think these guys get left off too much. Goaltenders, they they matter. Uh, I have Patrick Waugh, number nine on my list. And then I've got a tie for ten between Terry Sawchuk. And Martin Brodeur. I say Brodeur's got to be up. There. Yep. So that's that's my ten slash eleven. I, I because Craig specifically sent me the wrong email to throw me off. I, I'm not going to try and throw together a list like this because it'll be controversial. So I'm just going to say a couple things about yours. One, no Yarmir Yager, who's only four points behind Gretzky right, or uh, Messier, and also a thousand points behind Gretzky. <laughs> I do have him on my just missed the cut list, okay. but others receiving votes. Yes. Just outside the AP top 25. Current players, any that you could see ultimately cracking your top 10, and if so, what's their ceiling? Current players, yes. There's one, one we talk about constantly, Sidney Crosby. How high could he go on that list? No, I, I mean, when I when I measure the entire body of work, if he if he wins another cup, yeah, he's that. De- I don't know how high he could go, but it, he's, he's yeah. And then you're always going to talk about the the year and a half ish. Yeah. That he missed in the prime of his career. Yeah. Stats-wise, he's... I mean, but that's the thing. Stats-wise, none of the current players are ever going to be able to match any of these guys. Because no. it's a different... Well, the ga- game. game's different, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, and you have, to, you have to consider that, absolutely. But, Jamie? yeah, Sidney Crosby would be the one guy right now in the league that I would say, yeah, could easily be in top ten. Because he... I mean, higher, even. Just because you said one of your main criteria is his complete player. He's com- yeah. more complete, really, than some of those guys. And now he's winning cups again. That's you know, true. Because he got, had the one cup, and people wondered, oh, it was... Is he unable to win the big one? Well, they they did it last year, and right now they're runaway favorites to do it again. If he hits 50 goals this season, I oh, think that helps yeah, in a lot of people's yeah. eyes. Because yep. then you can point, you can say, this is the era, so he's not, and he was never necessarily mainly a goal scorer, but then he'll hit 50 twice in his career. Right, and he'll like, have all these ridiculous highlight reel goals as well, where he, he's, he's going to score from behind the net next, I think. That was Gretzky's yeah. play. He's Actually, Crosby's done that this year. Yeah, yeah. Did he? See, yeah. I, I missed yeah. it. So. Somebody Jamie. should just compile... Uh, a highlight reel of his goals this season because there have been so many incredible. I'm guessing somebody has. We're, we're stepping off. Somebody the somewhere, Sorry. absolutely. No. To you, Jamie. I, I did a top five, and the problem is, is it's inherently flawed because I haven't watched any of these players play when they played. Okay. So I think that's – I didn't feel comfortable going to ten and you know because just of my age and when I started getting into hockey. What are you saying about me? Um, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying <laughs> I, I, I don't have a recollection of watching these players live and in action. Doug Harvey, uh, when I watched – sorry. <laughs> but I had my f- top five was similar. I had Gretzky one, but I went Gretzky or Hal, Messier, Lemieux. Okay. In that order, my top five. So Les I, was I, in your top five too. Yeah, and I think Richard would have been right there. So I think the top six, in some order, is very very similar across the board. But again, yeah. without the benefit of watching these players live, you miss you miss a, a lot about what the little things that they did that you can push them up and down. 
We've, uh, we've almost hit two hours on the show, so I hesitate to ask this, but this will be the last quick topic. If you were building like an all-time team and Bobby Orr is your one defenseman, who's your second defenseman? Somebody to protect him. Interesting. Still got I mean, we're talking about the current era, where Just it's puck movers, because it's different from you know, other eras where you had, you had Jimmy Playfair will always say this, it used to be where you'd have one guy who moved the puck and four guys who could defend, and now it's the opposite. You want four puck movers and one hard defender. Yeah. So which era are we talking about? I, I, well, that's, I, guess, I guess just maybe not specific to this era, just in general. Who, who do you think is the second best defenseman? Because Bobby Orr, and you can't say Radko Gudis because he's oh, currently about to get suspended again. Wasn't going to be on my list, okay. but right. uh, yeah. I just I mean, that's if, that's the one area where there's not really a clear number two, is there? I guess uh, most people. Well, say I mean, Ray Bork. Doug Harvey is a fantastic defenseman. Uh, I mean, you could say Bork. Coffee. Yeah, Ray Bork would probably be. Paul Coffey is a very offensive-minded defenseman. He's in many ways like Eric Carlson <laughs> is to me, right? With with better speed though. Coffey yes. was ridiculously fast, and he could recover defensively because he had just and six a lot speed. of cups. How many yeah. cups did he end yeah. up with? Helps to play with. Uh, the guys he played Gretzky with. and Lemieux. Gretzky and yeah, well that too. But it's pretty, Gretzky and Messier and Curry. Yeah, and Lemieux and pretty good players. All right, is that going to do it for us? I think so. Episode sixty-three was uh, was the epic. Barrow episode is in the books, <sighs> even though Mike Barrow's contract is nowhere close to being in the books. Wow. All right. On that note, for Craig Morgan and Jamie Eisner, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to all seventeen hours of the Natural Hattrick Podcast. <laughs>